Have you ever been told you're too quiet, too sensitive, and in need of a thicker skin? Do you long to find the tranquility, joy, and creative courage to make your unique and gentle impact in a noisy world? Then we encourage you to check out The Haven, a membership community for introverts and or highly sensitive people. It's run by UK-based songwriter, blogger, and podcaster, as well as our guest today, Andy Mort. Andy is passionate about supporting people like you and helping them become more self-aware and accepting of who they are at their core. You can hear a bit more at the end of today's episode about Andy and the Haven, and you can find a link to the Haven in the show notes. Now to the interview. Welcome to the Introvert Dear Podcast, the show devoted to helping introverts live more peaceful, meaningful lives. We are here to remind you that you don't have to be an extrovert to be happy. Now, here are your hosts, Jen Graneman and Bo Miller. Hi, fellow introverts. Creativity provides an outlet for many introverts and a means of authentic self-expression. Some of the most creative people in the world are quiet types like you and me. Just how you express your creativity, it depends on the kind of introvert you are. And yes, while some introverts are more creative than others, I believe there's a part of each and every one of us that comes alive when we're making something original, inventive, or beautiful. On that note, we enter into a conversation with introverted creative Andy Mort. Andy is a UK-based songwriter, podcaster, blogger, online business owner, and you might be surprised to learn, a part-time undertaker. He writes and performs as Atlum Schema and published his fifth studio release called The Arrow of Time EP last year. Andy runs The Haven, an online membership community for introverted and highly sensitive creative types who want support and encouragement in making their unique and positive impact on our noisy world. Andy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you. Andy, how did you find out that you are an introvert and did that knowledge change your life in some way? Uh, it certainly did change my life. I'm trying to remember um, the world pre kind of discovery of being an introvert. It's quite it's quite hard oh, to, you have to kind think of... that far back. That's that's, that's well, a good sign. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it just feels like I've known forever, even though it was it was about seven years ago. I think I read um, a blog post by Carl uh, King. I don't know if you ever saw that the ten myths about introverts. I have seen that one. I believe it's yeah. the the post with like a person, like an eye, kind of peeking out of like a paper background. I think so. Yes, I've seen it before. It's it yeah. makes the rounds on the internet. It does. Yeah. Well, that was the very first time I'd even heard the word introvert as a positive thing. Um, you know, I I, I didn't know that it meant anything other than. Uh, kind of aloof, loner, dangerous, mm-hmm. bitter, <laughs> someone uh, plotting vengeance against people. <laughs> and stuff. That was, you know, because you hear it on the news, the, you know, they were they were introverted and uh, the the killer, the serial killer. Right, was a, right. Introverted so and, and just, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that article kind of opened up the whole thing for me. It was, like, it was almost like reading 10 myths about me. There was, you know, things like... Um, stuff about solitude not being rudeness um you know quietness not being shyness um and the kind of i i suppose my gently rebellious desire to question you know the things that we value as a society i'd kind of put down to just being a bit weird but actually mm. realizing no there's loads of other people who uh, who kind of think like that as well uh, was very 
life-changing um and it kind of yeah it was one of those things it was like actually you're okay yeah and you're not alone there's loads of people so you know it changed my life on the inside in terms of giving me permission to stop uh believing that i should be something else if i wanted to be normal um and it changed my life on the outside because it started a big shift in my kind of website focus to start with because I'd, I'd written a lot about being a musician before that and creativity from that res- uh, from that perspective and then suddenly I started exploring this stuff and I, I started writing about that and so it, it tra- changed the trajectory of uh, the sort of stuff that I was blogging about and talking about and uh, thinking about <laughs> and I spent a lot of time thinking about it you know in typical introvert fashion did um just that process of thinking is that what kind of changed your mindset and turned your feelings about introversion from the negative that maybe you picked up from culture and society to more positive feelings was it we talked about this the other day was it like being part of a community was it other things maybe it was a combination of things what do you think um, contributed the most to your change in mindset and uh, it just sounds like overall better thoughts about being an introvert and being who you are. Yeah, so I think it was, I think it was just putting a a label to the stuff that I knew about myself or thought that you know made me different to my friends um, in many respects. And you know, I I used to watch like my my friends would like get really excited about going out to parties on Friday and Saturday night, and I'd be like. How, is that normal to be excited about that sort of thing? Because, like, <laughs> you know, after a long week at school, I'm just ready to sort of spend some time on my own, you know, mm-hmm. doing creative stuff and just being away from people. And then, you know, I, I suppose it's that that kind of mixture of that, that feeling that that's a bit odd. Um, but then, yeah, seeing these, this, this article and realizing no actually that's just your way of recharging that's how you manage your energy and then in putting that into perspective of uh, you need to recharge you, you need to do this in order to be more effective and to to be more sociable uh, on your own terms and that's actually quite normal um so yeah it's a it, it's kind of i think the the label was important in that respect um yeah Mm, yeah, really good stuff. So we're talking about creativity today, which I love and I'm excited about. And I have to ask, what does creativity look like in your life, Andy? That's a really good question. Um, I'd say it's it's pretty much the tracks along which my life kind of runs. Um, and I think of creativity as a probably as a more of a mindset than an activity. Um, you know, the I, I like to think of it as just generally bringing something new into existence and connecting dots between, uh, you know, people and ideas, ideas and people, people and people and ideas and ideas. Uh, and like, in other words, creativity is contribution to something bigger than me. You know, it's not the thing that I make as um, an individual. It's how my actions contribute to connecting dots to to kind of making new things happen um and i suppose yeah i I see the activities which might be thought of as um archetypally creative such as you know writing and making music as feeding creativity rather than being the creativity themselves 
Um, and that they are the things that that connect to me to something uh, bigger and deeper than me. Um, I think my uh, I, I journal every morning um, as an example. It's the product of that journaling isn't. I, I don't plan to, or desire to kind of share that with anybody else. But it's a a process of brain dumping and reflection and planning, which actually puts me in a mind to be able to um, show up and contribute to the rest of my life with, with a clearer and hopefully wiser head to whatever it is that I'm going to encounter during that day. And it sort of paves the way to that, uh, that sense of openness to creativity as a, as a way of approaching life. Um, I guess. Yeah. Don't know if that makes any sense. That makes a ton of sense. And I, I was just curious, how do you journal? What does it normally look like for you? Is it something you do on a daily basis or more like when you feel like it? And talked a little bit about the content but is it something you record on a computer like has it changed what can you take us through your journaling process a bit yeah sure it's um something that i do yeah every morning it's it's part of my kind of morning ritual morning routine um and it's it's not always been uh, it's it's been something that i've kind of honed over the years is about three years ago I, i managed to finally get it to be proper daily habit um and yeah i use my um i use the day one app on my computer um and then just sort of run through a few uh questions just to sort of focus me to <laughs> there's nothing worse than sat sitting there with a with a blank screen in front of you thinking oh, what am i going to write especially first thing in the morning i generally wake up about uh half five six o'clock um and so yeah these these kind of focusing questions help take away the the kind of need to think um and so I'll just sort of run through you know what did I do yes yesterday um what would I have done differently um if I could do it again um and I'm, I've used uh, I think Michael Hyatt has um a a few he, he uses similar questions or he used to at least uh in his journal habit and that it's just, it's a really useful thing to do um to kind of reflect on what would i have done differently so that i can then learn uh from that as i go forward into today or into tomorrow or whatever well so it's like you have some journaling prompts yes exactly what did i do yesterday what could i have done differently i feel like that's very introverted of you like i feel like that's <laughs> a very introvert tendency so. to want to reflect and <laughs> and think how could i have done this better how could have i optimized this and, do you yeah, have some so, uh, prompts that maybe you could share? Because I could throw those in the show notes then. I think people might find them helpful because it's interesting to compare. I don't know if you're listening to this, if you have your own prompts, but I, I love hearing other people's prompts too to just reflect on those and maybe include them in my own journal. So do you have some that you could maybe throw my way that I can include in the show notes, Andy? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be awesome. I'll, Jen, yeah, I'll do that. Jen, are you a journaler? That's funny you ask. I journaled all the time when I was a kid. I was obsessed with this idea that when I grew up to become an adult, I would forget what it was like to be a kid. So I wanted to record <laughs> what it was like to be a kid so that I could read it later. That's I don't know amazing. if that's weird or crazy, but that's what I did. Um, I have journaled intermittently as an adult. I enjoy doing it. I just haven't, I just don't feel like I have the time day in and day mm. out to do it as much as I want to. Andy, do you have any tips about how to make the time for it. It sounds like you get up early in the morning and have a set 
time to do it every day, which is fantastic. What about for people like me who do not like getting up early? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good question. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're on your own, Jen. <laughs> I mean, um, like, I, I got up early before I started journaling. So it, it was a kind of thing that I just fitted into uh, that kind of routine anyway. So I suppose you can probably fit it in anywhere. Um, and I think the, the key was not being not being hard on myself. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to want to journal in, in physical notebooks. And, uh, and I still uh, like that idea. <laughs> I do as well. It's a great idea, but it's not something that I do. I, like I'd, I find I'd sort of just fade off if I, if I try doing that, especially if it's a, a dated one, like a dated, mm. you miss a day. And then the whole thing goes out the window. Um, and I've, I've really struggle if, you know, there's that, there's that blank page and then it grows to two blank pages. So I think just finding something that works for you is the first thing that I'd, uh, that I'd recommend and just commit to like five minutes or, you know, I'm going to write one sentence of journaling um, because that will probably turn into more than that. Um, but I think it's the, it's just sort of it's a mindset thing to start with often um of i don't have time for that but you've got time to write a sentence or two sentences um and then that you know was if if you can sort of guard that time do it regularly at the same time then it starts to become a habit and then um yeah pretty soon it will develop into something consistent yeah, that's I great. I like that. I do have five minutes, <laughs> although maybe not at, at six in the morning. My brain is pretty much mush then. There so, was, I actually did a, a journal called the five minute journal, which is not, have you guys heard of that? No, no, it's, it's really simple, but I think it just has a couple of questions like, um, what's one thing that you change for the day? And then at the beginning, you actually do it in the morning and the evening. So in the beginning of the day, you do like, three goals and it forces you to like prioritize what are my top three things I want to get done. And then at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you, um, you write down what you accomplished. So it makes you, you know, grateful for what you're able to accomplish. And I think you write something down that you were thankful for too. Um, mm. and then you reflect on like one thing you'd want to change, but I loved it because and I did it for like a year. I just, same thing, Jen, <laughs> I think it slid by cause there were other things I was doing, but um, I, I really liked it and it, it did only take like, it was more like a three minute journal to be honest. Cause I just kind of typed it out on my computer and kept it in Evernote. So it, it was really cool. And I'd recommend it to you if you're listening to this and you don't have a lot of time. It's, it's a fast way to journal. Mm, that sounds good. So Andy, I know that not all introverts would describe themselves as creative types. Although I think it's true that many introverts are quite creative. Why do you think creativity is important to us introverts? Um, I think it's, I think it's important because it's, it's kind of everything, you know, to understand that we're all creative in the sense that we all choose what we're going to make out of every, every moment, every interaction, every situation that we find ourselves in, you know, no matter what happens to us, we get to choose how we respond to that. Um, and I think that's fundamentally at the heart of what creativity, um, kind of is and so you know what I seem to say to a lot of um, introverts who've recently discovered what it means 
to be an introvert is that you know now you know you are an introvert and you have that knowledge you're free to kind of look inwards so that you can grow outwards in a more effective way and you get to choose how you're going to use that knowledge of what it means to be an introvert and you've got the permission to be you and you don't rely on you don't kind of resent or blame or be bitter at the world that kind of didn't understand or you know that we kind of talked about at the beginning um but to kind of i don't know put a claim on positively creating the world that you want to see mm. um and connecting and contributing to that with with the kind of courage and the confidence that comes from knowing more about who you are and the way that you function and and the way that your kind of energy ebbs and flows and all of that kind of stuff so i think it just re- it really is at the heart of everything in my opinion do you feel like creative expression helps you make sense of your world yeah that's how i I feel yeah i mean it's it's for me how i process so much um you know especially um well i suppose you know going back to the journaling that's that's kind of a a, almost a preparation i find that a, a useful way to prepare myself for the day ahead um, and then I, music is the thing that I use to process kind of the stuff that is going around my head. So, um, you know, if I'm going through a hard time or I've experienced something that's uh, kind of, I can't quite get my head around or something like that, I'll just sit down uh, with my guitar or sit at the piano and just see what comes out. And I always feel so much better as a result of, of doing that. That's interesting you say that. I feel like on one level, that's how Introvert Deer got started because I was trying to make sense of my world as an introvert and I had all these thoughts swirling around in my head. Starting the blog was a way for them to get out of my head. And I find that just writing about any issue, whether it's about being an introvert, having a tough day at work or whatever it is, making some big life decision. When I write about it, it just helps me make sense of it. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm the same. I th- and I think that's why I yeah, used, used the blog as well when, and, and kind of changed the, changed the trajectory of it right. to kind of reflect what it was that I was, I was really working through and processing when it came to that new information, that new knowledge of, okay, this word introvert, um, and then later on this, this idea of high sensitivity, um, sensory processing sensitivity. It was like, okay, I need to use words i need to use my blog and and then my mailing list as well to as a kind of sounding board as a and as a a way to just get all that stuff out of my head and and into the into the real world i suppose yeah absolutely and actually there's some interesting research about introverts and writing this is from dr marty olson laney's book the introvert advantage so she thinks that uh, you know, we we all introverts can relate to that time of sitting down, maybe on a podcast, <laughs> or when you're talking with a friend, or when you're in front of a group, and the words just don't seem to come out. You know, you have this idea in your head or something you want to communicate, but you just can't get the words out. Maybe you can't even think of the word you want to say. And uh, in her book, she she suggests that that could be because introverts use long term memory more than active or, or uh, short-term memory, whereas extroverts do the opposite. They rely more on their working memory than their long-term memory. And it's actually harder to pull information out of your long-term memory, like the specific word you want to say in that very moment. 
But she says that it's not the case when writing because writing seems to use different pathways in the brain and they flow more fluently for introverts. So I just think that's really fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's great. That's really, really interesting. Yeah. You've been on some TED Talks recently and have you, you've probably done multiple. I, I should check that out, Andy. But um, you played guitar and you've spoken. Can you tell us a little bit about those experiences and some of the key takeaways you've had? Yeah, I've uh, done two. Well, kind of uh, a, a TED talk slash performance and a, and a TED uh, performance. Um, so it was TEDx Leamington Spa. Uh, I was there last weekend. I wasn't performing this year, but I was kind of involved in certain parts of the after party. Um, but yeah, last year I played, um, so I did one song um, and I was invited to speak and perform at one in Cyprus a few years ago, which was absolutely amazing experience. I mean, both were completely terrifying um, and exhilarating at the same time. But there's something really refreshing about being in a room with kind of hundreds of people who care about positive change and the uh, one thing that I've been struck at both events uh, and the event last week was just the energy that comes from being surrounded by people who are kind of I don't know dynamic in in what they the, the kind of world that they want to see um in a positive way um but from a from an introvert point of view I will never forget the moment uh, before I went on stage in Cyprus, um, which was a bizarre, it was a bizarre in, in, uh, invitation in the first place. I'd been, I'd, my music had become quite big in Greece um, for huh. some un, unknown reason, um, and they, the organisers of this uh, TEDx event in Nicosia in Cyprus, had heard my, uh, heard one of my songs on uh, a Greek, I think it was a, an online radio station. Um, and so they then sent me a Facebook message saying, do you want to come and, uh, do you want to come and perform at TEDx in Cyprus? I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was a, that was quite amazing, but I will never forget this moment just before I took to the stage, I stood, uh, in the wings, I was listening to the, um, listening to the MC do He was doing the introduction, uh, introducing me. Um, and I was, it was kind of an out of body experience and I was in full on fight or flight mode. I was, I was like panning between the exit and the stage. And I, was <laughs> like, I could, I can run away here. <laughs> like I could feel my heart beating out of my chest. I was like, what genuinely pondering the implications of running away. Uh, what would that, what would that be? What would that look like? But then as the introduction ended and the applause started, I just sort of moved towards the microphone um, without thinking. Um, but it, it was one of those where, and I've talked about this as an introvert performer before, um, once I take to the stage, once I start playing, I kind of enter this kind of trance-like flow of, you know, the thing that I've run through hundreds and hundreds of times. I've prepared for this, I've practiced, and it just feels like home. It's almost like... Um, I'm I'm in my bedroom again, practicing as soon as I as a, as soon as I start, and I think introverts experience that a lot. And it's it's one of those things that people people will often say like, you can't be an introvert like you you perform, you get on stage and you perform. And it's like there's loads and loads of, like the best performers are often intro, mm. introverts because of that. 
Um, and for me, it's the stuff around the performance that can be really uh, draining. It's the, mm-hmm. you know, meeting people, going to a new venue, uh, kind of sussing all of that stuff out and uh, even just kind of thinking about, okay, where am I going to park? Like all of that, that becomes the uh-huh. stuff that I kind of, I fixate on and get stressed about, not the, you know, the moment that I, that I step on stage, that's like, okay, I'm at home here because I'm doing something that I know I can do. I think anytime I've had to do a speech or a presentation, I've almost run away. Yeah, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> it's just weird. I, I don't know. I have this weird experience where the same thing, Andy, like I am so, I'm often anxious about it, but part of me is like, really excited i can't wait to get out there too i don't know if that's a weird thing is that true of you guys as well yeah i'd say so like it's it's excitement it's nerves and excitement um but also terror (laughs) there's there's an element of terror i would say it's mostly terror for me (laughs) okay i appreciate that honesty john but then the feeling of finishing is unbeatable i don't know if you i when i'm on my way home from a gig in the car yeah it's it's one of the happiest places that i can be because there's Mm. the satisfaction of i've done that um and it especially if it went well um but also i'm now on my own Mm. and i'm able to just kind of you know (laughs) totally you know, just chill out. Like, and I, that feeling is always something that I enjoy. So Andy, you've been quite busy. You actually just completed something called the Quiet Overflow Summit, which you hosted with our very own Bo Miller. <laughs> yeah. So can you tell us about some of your top takeaways from this event? I was a speaker there. I'm just going to slip that in. Yes. Thanks yeah. for being part of that. That was great. Yeah, was that was. So, so good to have you on there. Yeah, it was really really great um i think one of the biggest takeaways was uh it's it's quite a lot of work to put something like that on um and also collaboration um i was talking to bo yesterday about the fact that i've really enjoyed collaborating with him um and on the level that we've we've done i mean i've i've collaborated with people before but like actually getting on and working with somebody somebody in that in that way is i find really rewarding uh i want to say challenging but that that sounds like i'm having a go at both no it's um, fair (laughs) (laughs) but just to to be accountable to somebody else is is i I found quite refreshing as Mm. well um having you know done a lot of what i do on my own so um and yeah just like speaking to such a variety of guests was so so nice um another takeaway is that some people are a little bit strange um i noticed (laughs) (laughs) in uh in running the main not talking about you bo it would be okay for you don't worry (laughs) just a little bit strange (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh the uh the mailing list so the only thing that people were doing was was signing up to be notified when the summit started, completely free uh, and all of that. So I sent the first email out and I think about six people unsubscribed. And I was like, what, what, why did you subscribe in the first place? <laughs> that, that is a, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll always be uh, kind of, I will always find mailing lists mystifying. Um, 
but yeah I, I wanted to sort of kind of follow them up and be like so what's going on what's going on um uh i have a mailing list for introvert dear and i've had to just i've learned over the years just do not check the subscribe and unsubscribe mm, rates because it I makes know, me yeah. crazy yeah yeah it can be discouraging it, it can, can be can yeah because yeah. you're like, oh, this many people signed up, but then this many people leave. And mm. I don't know. It's just my brain that for some reason doesn't see the people that signed up and instead just sees the people that left yeah. and goes, oh, what happened? Yeah, and that's not a very healthy that? place to to stay in your mind. No, it's not, is it? No. I, I spoke to um, Paul Jarvis um, about that. And he, because and we had very different size mailing lists when, when we spoke. And I was like, you know, I'll send a, ma- I'll send a kind of weekly mail out out and um i'll lose about sort of 15 subscribers and he was like well how, how do you think it feels when you lose like 80 <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah that's you're hemorrhaging uh, <laughs> hemorrhaging subscribe and that and but it is yeah it does feel like okay i've said something completely wrong here but actually it's quite useful because it's expensive to maintain a mailing list so if people self-regulate and take themselves off that's 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 helpful um uh, what about you, Bo? What what were your uh, takeaways from the from putting the summit on? Oh, there was one. This is terrible. Like oh, Todd Henry. That's who I was thinking about. And what is Todd oh, Todd Henry's podcast again? Can you remind me of that? The Accidental Creative. Thank you. I was having that introvert brain where I was trying to retrieve the idea and working at it, working at it. But <laughs> uh, brain strikes again. Oh, I did. <laughs> um, he was saying that when when you are trying to get a lot done. Sometimes there's this choice between productivity and effectiveness. And I'd never really thought about this before, but he said, if you want to be productive, go in your email account and answer a bunch of emails. If you want to be effective, the best thing to do might be to take a walk and think and to get the right thing done and work it through. So that that even reminds me of the journaling that we just talked about. Like maybe uh, it's me stopping and asking what would be the best way to be effective. Maybe I need to stop and work through my ideas for the day and maybe I'll get less things done per se, but I might get more of the right things done with better quality. So I really appreciated that because it kind of like freed me to stop and say, you know what? It's good to go to sleep on time and it's it's good to take some time to think and it's it's great to get a fiction book that <laughs> That's not nonfiction and just enjoy a good story because like you were talking about earlier, Andy, like there might be ways that you work out your creativity, but, um, just feeding it, 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 it comes in a bunch of forms and you're combining ideas and and those restful, thoughtful times are just as important as the focus, um, maybe productivity times are. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah. And we can we can often avoid those things because they feel counterproductive because we don't have that sort of broader, the broader outlook of how they're feeding energy in a wider sense and how they're feeding inspiration and all of that. Um, that doesn't have an obvious, uh, kind of, yeah, obvious feed, um, where you think, right, well, I've got a product out of this. If I'm answering emails, then I can see that my inbox is, at zero after, mm-hmm. afterwards but yeah that's a yeah i found that that was a great interview it was just chock full of it just it was just like one gem after another yeah so, absolutely can people still access those interviews even though the summit is over uh they can um it's yeah if they go to quietoverflow.com 
um, you can purchase the bundle of the entire 20 interviews uh, on there for $297. Nice. And I think another thing that I took away, and Jen, even from our conversation when when you were um, speaking with me in preparation for the summit, it, like everybody that I interviewed uh, had that story of starting out with something creative and having a vision, having a big idea, and then trying and failing and trying and failing again and continuing to attempt and not make it the first times, but sticking with it until it maybe looked different than they had originally planned, but until they'd kind of reached their goal. So I really appreciated that idea that it's important to, to keep at it and not grow too discouraged when things don't work out the first time, but persevere, especially if you're really creative. Yeah, it can be really tough when you're starting out, especially if you know, you're like me and you're not really sure what direction you even want to go in. Before I started Introvert Deer, I was trying to write children's novels. Before that, I was, oh, just doing all kinds of things. And I knew I wanted to write. I knew I wanted to make an impact on people's lives, but I didn't know what to do. So I just started Introvert Deer as a blog, literally for fun. I thought, this is just going to be something I do in my free time when I feel like it for fun. And I had no idea it would go in this direction. I thought all the other things I was working on at the time would go in some other direction, <laughs> but they didn't. So yeah, it's it's super important to just, I would say, even if the first time, the first thing you do doesn't work, I know it sounds cliche. I know it's everything our parents and elementary school teachers tell us, but you just, you get up and you try again mm -hmm. and maybe you try something else. You try something a little different. And if you keep at it, you are going to keep you are going to find something that is going to move in the direction you want it to move in and be successful. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And each, each thing that you try is, it's not a kind of isolated thing. You're constantly learning and you're constantly refining and thinking about, okay, well, you know, what, what worked there? What about that did I enjoy? What about that do I want to take and extract and use going forward into the next thing? Um, Exactly. Yeah. You treat each thing like a learning experience and you look at what's working. Maybe you look at what's not working too, but you pull out those things that are working and you use that as your springboard. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. And I think the idea of, of a community too is important. I know we're introverts um, and it's important to have our alone time, but I think being surrounded by other people who are working toward a creative goal of their own can really fuel your creativity as well. So I really appreciate, I, I just appreciate you guys and the other people who have inspired me and encouraged me along the way. Cause you are going to hit rough patches where you don't feel like continuing, but those other people keep you going. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's really key. I think a lot of times when we talk about introverts, we focus on the, the alone time needs and being overstimulated, but we kind of neglect the fact that introverts do need those strong relationships and those deep connections too. And without them, we're, we're going to feel lonely, but we're also maybe not going to move forward in our creative projects as much as we mm. could. So, mm. you know, of course, you don't have to be the extrovert and seek out every single person, you know, and fill your life with, with too many social obligations. But yeah, for us, for us introverts, it's really important just to have a few key relationships that help us move in the right direction. Absolutely. Speaking of soldiering through the dry spells, Andy, how can we fuel our creativity even when we don't like 
when we don't feel like being creative and, and maybe what we do too, what, what do you do to kind of fuel your creativity? You talked about journaling. Um, you talked about music. Is there anything else that comes to mind about yourself or anyone else, you know? Yeah. I was going to say with, I mean, the, the, the kind of journaling thing is, is a great example of, um, I know the, the minimalists talk about, um, uh, I can't remember. It's an author that Joshua feels Milburn talks to and says, you know, the, the key to becoming a, a writer um, is to sit down in the chair. Um, no matter what, just to sit down in that chair and kind of write, even if you're not feeling inspired, you're not feeling like you want to write. As long as you sit down in that chair each day, then you're going to kind of get something out. And um, and it's not about overthinking it. It's not about thinking, right, I've got to get this number of words done or whatever. It's just put yourself in the way of it. And I think, you know, developing habits, developing routines and, and rituals that put you into that, you know, in into the the kind of firing line of creativity um if that makes sense is <laughs> is kind of is a is just the 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 kind of key is that is putting yourself on the the train tracks i suppose where like you just you, you don't need to think about where you are um you're just gonna sort of get it done um it, like when that's what i find when i'm going through the dry spells if i'm not feeling inspired or whatever um actually if you show up if you start writing then the inspiration kind of catches up with you and um yeah and that's that's why i i find the journaling so important as a foundation to kind of creativity at the start of my day um and yeah i'd I'd say don't be hard on yourself um take energy seriously um and i think you know as you touched on um earlier when you uh talking about what todd henry said we can get obsessed with kind of output. We can be thinking, right, I've got to produce this. I've got to uh, create that. And we forget about the importance of input. We forget about uh, self-care, you know, rest and exercise, nutrition in a basic kind of physical sense. Um, And also just, you know, taking in other forms of creativity. I think, you know, for, for me, if I'm in a working on a music, music project, and get really in, intensely into it, I can forget to listen to other music. And I've, I've heard other musicians say that, you know, when I'm creating, I don't listen to anything else. Um, and I can understand why you might do that. But for me, it's really important to, to kind of broaden that, to get that input of, you know, the, the rest of the, uh, you know, what other people are doing, that, that kind of injects itself into my kind of unconscious brain and feeds that sense of uh, inspiration and feeds that sense of uh, well fuels that creativity um, when I, when I need it. And, and it's doing that before I need it as well. So being proactively um, kind of injecting things on the front end. I really like that idea. I like to think of creativity as a cycle, right? It's not just the, the two hours you take in the morning or the night, but it's everything in your day. Right. If you stayed up too late the night before watching Netflix or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say you stayed up too late out with friends. But then I was like, well, no, (laughs) (laughs) just kidding. Just kidding. We do sometimes, too. Uh, But usually for me, it's the Netflix. 
but then you can't get up in the morning and do your journaling or do your two hours of writing or whatever it is. Or you've been very busy in your week or in your job or you've overscheduled yourself. And so then when you get a day off, you don't have the energy or the mental clarity to sit down and be creative. So it, you're right. It is all a cycle. It's, it's even exercise and nutrition because if your health is not there, you can't be creative. You know, you need a clear mind and you really need to be filled up to be able to put something out in the world mm. creatively. Yeah. And to give yourself the best chance of, of doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Do you guys have any like really good routines or rituals that you stick to? Go ahead, Andy. I'm still thinking. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm thinking. Uh, well, I, I like um, running. I, I t- try to go for a run or go to the gym um, about four or five times a week. And I find that that really just gets my I, I come up with all sorts of ideas um when i'm out moving um which isn't ideal <laughs> a lot of the time um but it yeah it's that that kind of just sense of movement really i find kind of feeds feeds the creative ideas um as a as in terms of a, a routine jen i would say for me it's really important to manage my energy and, and one thing I've been doing lately in my own workday is setting a timer on my phone for 35 minutes. And then after 35 minutes, getting up, stretching a little bit, walking around, taking a mental break by looking out the window or just kind of zoning out. And instead of pushing myself to just accomplish more or answer the next email or do the next thing on my to-do list, I found that just taking that break gives me more creative energy moving forward in my work yeah that's good that reminds me of the pomodoro pomodoro technique where you just set yes it is a lot like that yeah i don't know what the recommended time is i've just found that 35 minutes works for me yeah that's good yeah i think that's usually the pomodoro is like 25 minutes followed by a five minute break and then a longer break after three or something yeah yeah that sounds right similar so andy i like to say that a negative example can be a powerful teacher. So what are some bad recommendations you hear related to creativity and introverts? In other words, what are we not supposed to be doing? <laughs> uh, it's an interesting question. I think probably burning the candle at both ends. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if anybody ever recommends that. I think that the hustle, we often hear the, that word hustle come up a lot and like you know hustling in the margins of everything and and it can feel it's it can become quite almost self-abusive if we're if we're not kind of aware of the if we don't set boundaries around stuff um for ourselves because there's there's that pressure to always be doing more and especially when you're um talking about things like creativity or if you're talking about like building a business or anything like that the work is never finished. Um, yes. And so we can get sucked into this hustle mindset of there's always someone else to email. There's always another blog post to write. There's always a video. There's always another social media channel to join. And, and that can be detrimental to our, um, to our well-being. to our, you know, it can burn us out. It can kind of just ruin the work that we 
a kind of wanting to invest ourselves in and feel pulled towards um towards doing and so yeah i think not setting boundaries um is a bad recommendation <laughs> mm-hmm. that's a nice double negative there um yeah and then i think anything that doesn't make sense for you as an individual as well like jen you've talked about the fact that you're not a morning person um but there's loads of people who would say well if you're not getting up at five o'clock in the morning then you know you're missing a trick there you know that's what you need to succeed um and actually if you're to do that and you're to to try and bend that kind of natural tendency that you have maybe to be more productive in the evenings or at some other time in the day then actually again you're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing your work a disservice and your creative creativity a disservice because you're actually not working with your uh with your natural um kind of rhythms and inclinations um so yeah i think have give yourself permission to sack off anything that's not good for you even if it's the latest fad everyone's talking about it someone's written a book which says if you want to succeed then this is the only thing that matters this is the only thing that you've got to do uh then but just sort of hold that against is it actually something that fits for me if not then give yourself permission to say, nah, I'm doing something else. I like that. Bo, what are your bad recommendations? Oh man, my bad recommendations. <laughs> oh, now I need that think time again. I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I think that I would just echo what Andy said there. That That's the, probably the biggest one, the desire to accomplish and achieve and, and never stop because I, I just have a propensity to set goals and anticipate that I can get more accomplished than I actually can. I don't know if you're listening to this and you can relate to that, Um, but I'll get after something and I just won't stop until I get to the goal. But inevitably when I don't stop the rest, I get sick and then my body reclaims the time that I stole from it. So I might've gotten more done or the same amount with less pain if I had just gotten the rest that I really needed. So I, I think that's a really big lesson that I've learned and I'm still learning sometimes. So, Andy, I've got another question for you. Uh, this one's a new one. I actually, full disclosure, borrowed it from Tim Ferriss and his book, Tribe of Mentors. And I think it could be really helpful to see you know, what other people have tried, what they're using that's helpful to them. So from an introvert perspective, what purchase of $100 or less in recent memory has most positively impacted your life? Yeah, that's it. It's quite a tough question. I'm trying to remember what I've what I've uh, what I've purchased recently, other than kind of books and basic necessities. Um, I can't think of a whole lot of stuff that I've bought. But um, what came to mind was a train ticket to go and see um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child huh. um, in London last month what? for my godson's birthday, which is absolutely amazing. Um, and it made me think, yeah, like. I need to do this sort of thing more because it was incredible. It's an incredible play. Really, really well done. Um, and yeah, that definitely positively impacted my life in many ways. <laughs> okay. I just have one more follow-up creativity question. Yeah. When you feel overwhelmed or unfocused or you've lost your focus temporarily, like some people on this podcast are known to do. <laughs> I'm pointing at myself. You can point over here too. Yeah. <laughs> What do I do? Um, st- step away from the thing or try to 
remind myself to it's more like peel myself away from the thing. Um, and as I, I think I've said a few times, be gentle with myself. Um, try looking at it from a different angle. Um, one thing that I quite like doing is because uh, I, I like getting out and walking a bit around my neighborhood and I like to take different routes and explore different places. And I find that that has a quite a good impact on um, my ability to to kind of regain focus and to see things from a different perspective in my work. Um, if I've sort of, yeah, like explored, it's a place that I know very well, but if I take a different route round, you see things from a different angle and it's like, man, that's weird. Um, so yeah, stuff like that. Exercise, I like movement. that just uh, stepping away. I mean, cause my tendency is, and I don't know, I'm not saying every introvert is like this, but certainly I am the kind of person who, if there's a problem in front of me, I just sit there and I want to solve it. And I feel really uncomfortable until it's solved or finished. Yeah. And sometimes the best thing I can do is just stand up and walk away and be okay with the fact that this thing is not getting done right now, that I don't have the answer right now. And that's okay. And the magical thing is a lot of times when I'm up and moving and doing something else, my brain comes up with the answer. Mm. It's like that aha yeah. moment. Yeah, very much. Yeah, that's why I say I peel myself away from the thing because I think it is a, it's a, almost a discipline that you've got to kind of talk yourself into because like for me it's exactly the same i will i will sit with a problem and try and solve it and try and think my way to the solution and actually that just gets you more and more bogged down in the problem and more and more unable to see the mm-hmm. uh, for the trees i suppose um so yeah it's a really important thing to remember to remind i've almost tempted to sort of kind of write a little sign above my desk like you know if you're struggling just get up and walk away (laughs) i like that yeah definitely we try to make this podcast actionable so that you who are listening can apply something they learned because there's so many good ideas that we typically talk about and this podcast episode is no exception for sure so andy just thinking back to some of the things we've talked about can you recommend something you think our listeners should try in the next 14 days um I think, well, with the theme of what we've been talking about a lot, I would say certainly um, certainly journaling, if that's not something that you do and you're kind of looking for ways to kind of to get unstuck, to really kind of limber up your uh, creative muscles, I suppose, just find a way of of kind of brain dumping in some way or reflecting and, and kind of processing stuff through writing um, a little bit each day would be certainly my biggest recommendation i think um especially out of today's conversation and you use the day one app is that what it's called again yeah day one um i don't it's certainly available on mac i don't know if it's available on other platforms but yeah it's i find it so good because you it's kind of it's very simple yet um quite intuitive as well so you can sort of keep track of all sorts of things. You can add photos and um, see, you can it kind of uh, put your location, even the weather and stuff like that. Wow. So there's quite a lot of kind of fun information that, that gets stored that you can then look back on and think, oh yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> 
Andy, before we wrap things up, would you talk to us a little bit about the Haven? Sure. Yeah, it's um, uh, I started it four years ago. It's a basically a, a community um, membership community for introverts, highly sensitive, creative people who want to kind of uh, connect with one another um, and talk about like look, look at different areas of life and um, and how we can kind of best. Uh, you know bring the best of ourselves to them as introverts and highly sensitive people um there's there's courses in there there's interviews all sorts of different content and i do um i send like a physical letter out every uh three months so four times a year um i send uh, like a little a little package through the post um just to kind of encourage people and in kind of their little creative journey um and oh i love getting mail exactly yeah i mean it's it's changed doesn't it because it used to be mail used to be frustrating it used to just be sort of bills and everything and actually it's quite nice to receive something now it is yeah it's a nice change absolutely so yeah that's a that's a part of it um i thought there's there's something quite especially on the backdrop of everything being digital and kind of digital overwhelm so much information comes through to have one thing to focus on that comes through the post is actually that's uh, people seem to really really value that because it's and they actually consume it more because there's like a letter that comes through and people really read that because it's the only thing that they've got um so yeah it's it's quite cool um so if people want to uh join the doors are open between the 28th of October and the 9th of November. Um, so it just opens twice a year for a couple of weeks. Um, and if you go so to, that's starting this Sunday, correct? This, this Sunday, this coming Sunday, um, and then a week on or two weeks on Friday, it will close. Um, and there's a two week free trial, so you can try it out, um, and you know you get access to everything um, except for the post. Um, if you carry on, you, then, then you'll get a letter. Yeah, I can't. I can't afford to be sending free mail. <laughs> I um, totally get that, and I hope people will stick around to get that free letter, or not free letter, but the letter. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it's the hyphen haven dot co uh, is the email is the website address, and we will put a link to that in the show notes as well, Andy. As always, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for spending this time with us today. Can you tell us where we can find out more about you and what you do? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, if you just go to andymort.com, um, there's everything you need from there. Um, there's links to the Haven and everything out there as well. So, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's been real pleasure to be having this conversation. Thanks for listening to the Introvert Deer Podcast. Make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on future episodes. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. And remember, there's nothing wrong with being quiet and spending time alone.